this my Bible? It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better and I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, 2023 is a year of miracles at Faith Christian Center, but 2024 will also be a year of miracles at Faith Christian Center because the Lord confirms his word with signs following. What we've been doing this year, and I'm sure it'll carry over into next year, is we're looking at these ministry miracles of the New Testament. And we're doing what one of my fathers in the faith, Fred Price, taught me to do, and that is look for patterns and principles in the Word of God. Because when you can identify a pattern or a principle in the Word of God, you can work that over and over and over in your life because God honors his word. Now, when we got to Jesus withers the fig tree on the road from Bethany three Sundays ago, it just seemed to me that before we get to the end of Jesus' ministry miracles, that maybe we ought to pause and talk about how and why miracles happen. So we started down this road two Sundays ago on our two-fold redemption. And then last Sunday, we brought new information re- related to that. And then I'm wrapping that up today, our twofold redemption. Then next Sunday, we'll talk, to, we'll talk about one of the very last miracles Jesus performed. Let's go back to Isaiah 53. Healing is in the atonement. We saw this the last two Sundays. Healing is in the atonement. Healing is the will of God for your life. Divine health is the will of God for your life. Actually, the truth is, Divine health is the will of God for your life. I mean, if we actually understood the word and were able to walk in it perfectly, well, we would never need healing because we'd we'd be walking in divine health. Isaiah 53, 3, and here I'm in Young's literal translation. Young, the same guy that did the Young's analytical concordance of the Bible. Uh, He is despised and left of men a man of pains and acquainted with sickness And as one hiding the face from us, he is despised and we esteemed him not. Surely our sicknesses he hath borne and our pains he hath carried them. And we, we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God and afflicted. And he is pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is on him and by his bruise there is healing for us. All of us like sheep have wandered each to his own way. We have turned and Jehovah hath caused to meet on him the punishment of us all. And then verse 10, and Jehovah hath delighted to bruise him. He hath made him sick. And verse 12, with transgressors, he was numbered. And he with the sin of many hath borne. And And for transgressors, he intercedeth. So healing is in the atonement. Healing is the will of God for your life. Actually, divine health is the will of God for your life. 
healing is included in our twofold redemption in Christ. And then we saw Matthew 8, 17, here I have the New King James Version, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our diseases. And of course, we've pointed out on Wednesday nights, this is past tense in the New Testament. And here Jesus is quoting Isaiah 53, 4. So Isaiah 53, 4, here I have the King James says, surely hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And the Hebrew reads, surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Listen. <laughs> you know, I know sometimes people may, may, may become weary of hearing me talk about my own testimonies. But Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be the Lord in 2003, used to say that if you're in a place and the pastor never talks about answers to prayer in his own life or healings in his own life, you better run. And I got some news for you. So long as we are in these houses of flesh on a planet where Satan is running amok, we need faith. Amen. There's not going to come some point in time where you're going to say, I got it. I mastered it. I don't have to believe anymore. That's not going to happen because we live in these houses of flesh and there is an enemy loose and his name is Satan. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you know, how long do I have to hear this faith stuff? Well, till you croak <laughs> or until Jesus comes because there's an enemy out there. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and that they might have that life more abundantly. Amen. Amen. So there's no end to it. Amen. And yet, we have pointed out on Wednesday nights, this is past tense. Matthew 8, 17, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And Matthew is quoting Isaiah because, see, the, ten, the work's done. So our job is not to get God to do some new work. Our job is to enforce on a spiritual faith plane the work that Jesus has already done. Oh, pains. <laughs> you know, when I was a young man, I might not have talked about pain so much. <laughs> but now I'm not so young. And so pains are on my mind. Hallelujah. But I stand here this morning and I give testimony to the power of the written word of God that I have used the written word of God and I've run out of me every pain that Satan has tried to throw at me in 2023, amen, and what he tried to do in 2022, amen. I tell you what, I am, I, am a, I am intent, and I'm focused, and I'm determined to walk in what's mine. Say, tell your neighbor, I'm, I'm intent, and I'm focused, and I'm determined to walk in what's mine. Amen. It's mine. It belongs to me. Amen. Now we saw that that word born in the Hebrew means to lift up, to take away, to convey, to take away to a safe distance. He hath borne our sicknesses and diseases and our infirmities, and he has carried or carried away our pains. Born means to lift up, to take away, to convey, to remove to a safe distance. We saw last Sunday morning that that's actually a Levitical word. Leviticus 16, 22, the goat shall bear in itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land, 
and he shall release the goat into the wilderness. So once a year, once a year, the high priest would lay hands on a goat and by faith transfer to the goat the sins of the congregation for that year and then they would take that goat out into the wilderness and turn it loose. So that, hence the name scapegoat. And so in the same way that that goat carried away their sins and their iniquities and their transgressions, Jesus has carried away our diseases and our pains and our sicknesses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, if he has them, that means I don't. Tell the neighbor on the other side, if he has them, that means I don't. Hallelujah. Now, the question automatically will come to a thinking person, well, then how do we end up with these problems? Well, because Satan's gift is deception. Think about Adam and Eve in the perfect place, the perfect place, the perfect place. And how did Satan get him out of the Garden of Eden? He deceived them. And that's what Satan does. He is a deceiver. Amen. He, he, he doesn't knock on the front door with horns and a pitchfork, you know, and uh, uh, lava flowing out of his ears. Uh, no, no, he shows up in a miniskirt. And you know, in my day, that would have been a female, but you know, and now 2023, <laughs> you, you don't know what that is coming. Amen. Amen. So I'm just saying, man, he's slick. He's slick. Drugs, alcohol, free sex. How stupid do you have to believe that there's anything such as free sex? Tell your neighbor, tell, all the young men stand up. Every young, every young single unmarried man stand up. Every young unmarried single man stand up. Let me tell you what, there's no such thing as free sex. You're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it by getting married or you're going to pay for it by child support or you're going to pay for it by scratching and itching for the rest of your life <laughs> or you're going to pay for it one way or the other. All you young single men standing this morning, say it out loud. Pastor Gene says, there ain't no such thing as free sex. If you got it, you can sit down. If you need it rehearsed again, keep standing. Well, of course, if those are the choices, marriage is the way to go. Amen. But then you got to pick a good one. Amen. Because, you know, it's not like buying a car. I bought a car and thought, oh, my gosh, this was a mistake. Well, you can trade that. Marriage is a long, long, long time. Hallelujah. So pick a good one. Amen. You know what's worse than being single? Being married to the wrong person. Amen. And I bet I got 100 people here could say amen and testify to that. Amen. So pray about it. Be methodical. Have the mind of God. Confess over your life every day. And in fact, everybody ought to do this anyway. Confess over your life every day. Say, in fact, why don't we do that right now? Say, thank you, Father God. I got the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God in me. 
I rehearse that and rehearse that and rehearse that. When I go out and get the mail, I'm re that's the number one thing I rehearse. Thank you, Father God. I got the mind of Christ, the wisdom of God in me. Say it again. Thank you, Father God. I got the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God in me. So we have a book in the cafe called Christ the Healer by F.F. F. Bosworth, a wonderful man, T.L. Osborne, one of my daddies in the faith, knew him. F.F. Bosworth taught the day services for William Branham when he was doing tent meetings. But in Christ the Healer, Bosworth says, Jesus went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body to redeem man, spirit, soul, and body. I couldn't tell you how many times I heard another father in the faith, Oral Roberts, rehearse this. We leave the body out. But I'll tell you something else, too. We leave the soul out. And I'll tell you what, in my 50 years in the ministry, I've never come across as many people tormented in their minds, which is the soul, as we see in 2023. Now, the problem, Pastor, if all that's true, and if healing is in the atonement, and if healing belongs to us, and if divine health is the will of God for our lives, what's the problem? Well, the problem is unbelief, without a doubt. The problem is unbelief because maybe we have unbelief because we have not heard about our twofold redemption enough. And that's why we're on it three Sundays. Now listen, I have been a Christian 63 years. I have been in the ministry 50 years. And I have been taught by the best. But until last Sunday, no one ever explain to me how often the Greek root word sozo, which means salvation, is often used in the healing miracles of Jesus. This is staggering to me. Now, the way we came across this was I had sent Austin an email about miracle number nine. In Mark 2, Jesus heals a paralytic who was let down from the roof. I didn't look up what the email was. Well, you know, my son... He comes back at me with a whole word study. I mean, this, this is what we produced, you know? And uh, others have produced clowns and uh, charlatans and grifters and hucksters and God knows what, drunkards and alcoholics, but that's what we produced. And so last Sunday, and we didn't even get to all of them, but it is staggering how often in the miracles of Jesus, this Greek root word sozo is used. Now we're going to come to it again in the book of Acts in one of what I think is the most important miracles in the Bible. We'll come to it again and we'll see it again. We'll probably rehearse all of that again. And the point is that oftentimes when Jesus said to someone, let's say the woman with the issue of blood, go, your faith has healed you. Or he said to the one leper out of 10 who came back to say thanks, your faith has healed you. Oftentimes, that word is not the Greek word for healed. It's the Greek word for salvation, a derivative of the Greek word for salvation. It's a package. And we have not heard it preached as a package as much as we should. Now, of course, let me deal with something, a side issue. People will say, and I hear it 
probably once every six months out here in the fellowship atrium. Well, Pastor Gene, how come I wasn't taught this? Well, how about this sister question? Well, Pastor Gene, if this is true, then why isn't everybody teaching it? And so sometimes when I'm out in the fellowship atrium and somebody comes to me and, and the light just comes on in their life and they see something from the word of God, they're horrified that nobody ever told them. And so I answer in kindness and I say, well, I remember the last time this happened, I told the lady out here, I said, well, to be fair to everybody, maybe where you were, that guy didn't know. Because he can't teach what he doesn't know. Amen. Can you see that? He can teach everything he knows to the best of his ability if he's an honest minister, but he can't teach what he does not know. Amen. And then also, there is a mechanism at work inside human beings. And I'm loathe to bring it up because probably everybody suffers from it to some extent. And that is... We don't like to admit we were wrong. And so you just heard me confess that I came across brand new information in the last two weeks. But there are a lot of people and they, they, would, they don't want to admit that. They want to pretend that they knew everything all along, that they knew everything worth knowing all along. Well, I got news for you. I've spent a lifetime studying the word and I was taught by the best. But I might know 1%. Because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So why would anybody pretend they got a handle on the whole thing? Can you see that? And I'll tell you something else. If you're not learning, you're dead spiritually. Wow. So we need to be learning. And I, I, somebody might be alarmed that Pastor Gene learned something in the last two weeks. That's not alarming. Man, that's good news. Because you know what that says? Man, this guy's studying, this guy's praying, this guy's learning. Amen. Amen. And when I find something out, you know it. Amen. Because we don't hide anything. Amen. So pray for people. There are some people out there that are just wrong. But I think that there are millions and millions and millions of ministers of the gospel and they're doing the best they know how. But they just don't know. They didn't have, I mean, I had the best teachers. Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, T.L. Osborne. John Osteen, Fred Price, the best, the best, the best, the best. But you still can't know it all, even sitting at the feet of the best. Because no man can comprehend him. No man can understand it all. But we can apply our hearts to wisdom, and we can grow. And when we find out something belongs to us, we can become Doberman pinchers and tell the devil we ain't taking nothing except what belongs to us. Amen. Amen. Do you understand? 
Now with God, we go in grace and humility. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. But when the devil comes around, we turn into junkyard dogs. And we run him off because he's a thief and he's a, he's a killer and he's a destroyer. So be kind. How come they're not all preaching the baptism in the Holy Spirit? How come they're not all preaching healing? Maybe nobody ever told them. Maybe they don't know. So my answer is I just try and drop bird seed. Just give them a little bit. You know, just give them a little bit. Just give them a little taste. Give them, drop a little bird seed. And if they're curious, they'll come back. But if, they, if they're offended at the bird seed, no point in throwing them a filet mignon. Amen, just, just scatter a little seed, amen. See if they come back, see if they're curious, see if they're interested, amen. If they come back, give them a little more. And you have to be cautious with ministers. <laughs> my God, my God, my God. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And so just because somebody may be not very educated, or just because somebody may not have too, big a, too high an IQ, or just because somebody may not have completely lived a straight moral life, whatever. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So don't criticize. Be kind. Just say, God bless them. Amen. Even... If from a distance. I mentioned Wednesday night, this was 25, 30 years ago. I saw a, a missionary that had done us wrong at a mall. Hey, doc, there's Dr. Gene. I said, how are you doing, brother? God bless you. And then I skedaddled into a store. In other words, they may not be my cup of tea. I may not want to go to lunch with them, but I'm going to keep my mouth off God's people. If you want... Now, that's a, that's a whole side issue. That's like a Wednesday night clip. But if you want to walk in divine health, if you, if you need healing in your body, keep your mouth off God's people. Amen. Because there's only one hindrance to prayer and there's only one hindrance to faith that Jesus ever mentioned in four Gospels. And it's Mark 11, 25, and 26. He only mentioned one hindrance to faith. And if he only mentioned one hindrance to faith, then I think maybe we ought to pay attention to it. Amen? amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Unbelief. Mark 6, 5. And he, Jesus, could do no mighty work there in his hometown, save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them, and he marveled. Tell your neighbor, Jesus marveled. Tell the neighbor on the other side, the Son of God marveled. And Jesus marveled at their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. He marveled at their unbelief. This was his hometown. People were familiar with him and took him for granted. So they did not believe him and they did not take action on his words. I mean, imagine, imagine, imagine the Son of God. And you don't believe him. The Son of God. And you don't take action on his words. So what was the solution of Jesus? Oh, I know. He did a January 
Daniel fast. Oh, I know. He told him to drink anointing oil. Oh, I know. He did a prayer chain. Oh, I know. He did a revival meeting. Oh, I know. He, uh, he laid hands on everybody every service. I, oh, I know. You know, he ran a uh, Holy Ghost circus. What was his solution? What was the son of God's solution to unbelief? Talk to me. What did he do? Talk to me. What did he do? He went round about the villages teaching and preaching the word of God. Because the only way we can, at the end of the day, the only way we can really help people is to get the word of God into them. I said, at the end of the day, the only, I mean, look, look, I, I can lay hands on somebody and get them healed. Well, so what? We still have houses of flesh. We still have Satan on the loose. So they're going to have to learn to walk in it. Can you see that? I can cast a devil out of somebody. That's great. That's wonderful. But guess what? We still have houses of flesh and we still have a devil on the run, on the loose. So they're going to have to learn to walk in it. I said, so the only solution at the end of the day is to get more word into them so they can stand on their own two feet and they know how to live. And they know how to stand against the onslaught of the devil and they know how to handle temptation. And they know what belongs to them. See, if you don't know what belongs to you, I mean, suppose you go home after lunch and, you know, the FBI shows up and they knock on the front door and you answer the front door and they say, we want to come in and, and look around. Well, you know your rights. You tell them to shove off. Do you understand? You got a warrant? Shove off. Well, we want to bring you in for questioning. You got a warrant? Oh, you don't? Shove off. Because you know your rights. But if you don't know your rights, they're going to come in, look around something. Your teenage kid's got hidden in his bedroom. And then, you're going to, then your, your house is going to be declared, you know, a drug center. It's going to be seized by the government. Listen, all kinds of bad stuff can happen if you don't know your rights. Amen. Amen. Come in and talk to us. Rule number one, you ought to write this down. You should. Never talk to the government. No, I have lawyer friends. They tell me, rule number one, don't ever talk to them. Amen. Amen. We don't talk to them. We don't deal with them. They have a question. They can deal with the CPA. They have a question. They can deal with a lawyer. But I'm not, uh, I'm not talking to them. Don't talk to them. Because they're going to entrap you. And they're going to ask you what you had for lunch yesterday or some stupid question. And, you know, you're going to lie. Well, you don't want to admit you ate all that. <laughs> And, and lying to, if you lie to a federal officer, it's a felony. So the answer is, you know, lawyer. Amen. And that's our answer. Because we have an advocate. You know what the word advocate means? Talk to me. Somebody, please talk to me. Don't let me think I, I, somebody dumped me off in an Episcopalian <laughs> church here this morning. What does the word advocate mean? Lawyer. We have a lawyer. We have an advocate. Jesus Christ, the risen son of God. And where is he right now? He's at the right hand of the father in the throne room of God. 
And he is, so, you know, our answer to Satan is, we, we don't say lawyer, we say Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you understand? Amen. We have an answer. Amen. Pastor, you're, you're overdoing this point. Well, what happened to Eve talking to the devil? The Pope, genius that he is, says that we are no intellectual match for the devil. Of course not. Any third grader knows this. But we're not going up against the devil IQ to IQ. We are standing our ground in the name of our lawyer, our advocate, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Can you understand that? And he can't cross the line. Amen. <laughs> Try and reason with the devil. You'll get outdone. Hallelujah. He has outsmarted people smarter than you. So don't, what do you mean talk to the devil? Don't talk to the devil. You do it every day. You do it every day. You do it every day on Facebook. <laughs> so his solution was, to go round about the villages teaching. And the Bible records in Matthew 13, 58, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And people want you to believe that God can just do whatever God wants, whenever God wants. That's not true. That is not true. That is not true. That is not true because we know from the Psalms that they limited the Holy One of Israel, talking about the Israelites coming across the desert, but we also know from Matthew 13, 58, and Jesus, the Son of God, did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So it is possible to hinder God. And, and I'll tell you what, my strategy is, has been, and is going to be until the day I leave. And that is this, I do not want to hinder God. I do not want to slow him down. I don't want to stop him. I don't want to throw roadblocks in his path. I want to believe him. All right, let me, let me turn that coin over. If they hinder Jesus through unbelief, how can we turn that coin around, turn that coin over, and instead of hindering Jesus, how can we release him to do his thing in our lives? By believing him. By taking him at his word. Amen. They hindered God through unbelief. Well, we turn that coin over, and we release God to do his thing in our lives through faith. So we don't want to be like that crowd in his hometown. Let us do something and take action on his word so that Jesus can do something and perform a miracle in our lives. Forgiveness of sins and healing go together. They are in effect two sides of the same coin and they are our twofold redemption in Christ. Healing and salvation go together. Healing belongs to us. Say it out loud. In fact, say, shout out loud five times. Healing belongs to us. But how can you ever believe for healing if no one ever tells you what the New Testament says about healing? Amen. You see, because God works on the principle of faith and God gives you his word so that you can have faith. Romans 10, 17 says, says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God expects you to come to him based on the word and God expects you to believe what he has said. And listen, this generation has no excuse, no excuse. And this generation will be judged most harshly on this. I've asked the Lord repeatedly if I'm wrong on this, 
And if I'm wrong on the subject of idolatry, to correct me. But so far, he has not. I'm so old. Say, how old are you, Pastor? I'm so old, I remember when children didn't drop dead of heart attacks. But they have got everybody convinced this is normal. It is astounding what people believe. If you take a bull out here west, west of us and you take a bull out here and you neuter it, can, can that bull have calves? Well, to believe that's possible with human beings is insanity. But half of everybody out here believes that. See, <laughs> faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's truth. But the principle operates in the positive and the principle operates in the negative because it's a principle. One of my daddies said, look for principles and patterns in the Bible. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Have you ever seen one of those clips where they show about 60 or 80 news outlets and they sync them and they're all saying, all the talking heads are all saying exactly the same thing. These things do not happen by accident. They're preaching. They're preaching. And people are believing. So what we have to do is <laughs> tune out the you-know-what and tune in to the Word of God so we can believe God and not get a horrible result, but so we can get a positive result. Amen. Can you see that? Amen. Because whatever you're exposed to 24-7, nonstop, 365, you're going to start believing. Amen. So our job is to, this is why Jesus, I didn't bring the reference, but this is why Jesus said, be careful how you listen. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful who you fellowship with. Be careful what you watch. I want what my father wants me to have. I don't want what the World Economic Forum wants me to have. I want what my father wants me to have. I don't want what Dementia Joe wants me to have. I want what my father wants me to have. Can I get an amen? amen? Well, if I want what my father wants me to have, well, then I need to pay extra double special attention to what my father has to say. And I got to tune the rest out as noise. Now look at 1 John 5.14. We'll wrap this up. 1 John 5.14, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Say it out loud. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So how do we know what his will is? Oh, it's a mystery, Pastor Gene. Oh, nobody knows, Pastor Gene. Now how do we know what the will of God is? Talk to me. How do we know what the will of God is? By his word. And look at what he says. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have 
what we ask of him. Why is that? Well, because God honors his word. So when you don't believe the word, when you don't honor the word, when you don't confess the word, when you don't act upon the word, then God doesn't have anything to honor in your life or to make good in your life. God honors his word. Listen to me. God honors his word. He's not capricious. He's not unpredictable. He honors his word. So when we don't believe the word, when we don't honor the word, when we don't confess the word, when we don't take action upon the word, we have not given God anything to honor in our lives because God honors his word. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Jesus prayed to his father in John 17 and said, Father, thy word is truth. David said in Psalms 119.89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. David said in Psalm 119.160, All your words are true. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 1.12, The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The Amplified Version says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. Moses said in Numbers 23.19, God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man, that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Samuel said in 1 Samuel 15, 29, he who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. And God said through David in Psalm 189, 34, I will not violate my, in, in Psalm 89, 34, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. So listen, we began this message talking about how that there are basic truths that we have not heard often enough and that we need to hear more so that we can renew our minds to the word so we can walk in what belongs to us. And we began with this idea that it's a package salvation to be forgiven of our sins, to be filled with the spirit, to be healed in our bodies because Jesus paid the price for us to be saved spirit soul and body well here's another truth though we stumble across at the end that we have not heard rehearsed often enough and that is what david rehearsed to him in that psalm forever O lord thou word is settled in heaven all your words are true god is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should change his mind does he speak and then not act does he promise and not fulfill he who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. It all takes us to the conclusion of the greatest healing evangelist in the 19th century, Smith Wigglesworth, who said, the word of God is true and everything else is a lie. I tell you what, I wish to God, as blessed as I am, I wish to God that I'd had it pounded into me until it became in me like forged steel decades ago that the word of God is true and, and everything else is a lie. Uh, we make every mistake we make in life when we question the word of God. The word of God is the will of God and God honors his word. There's no ifs, maybes, ands, or buts about it. And so if we would just stand on the word of God, we'd have superior results in our lives. And that's true in every area of life. That's true, not just in healing, but that's true in child rearing. That's true in marriage. That's true in money. 
Just take God at his word. Just believe God. Just do what God's word says and you'll get a better result because God is a truth-telling God. God is a God of his word and God's word never fails. Shout it out loud five times. God's word never fails. God's word never fails. God never fails. God's word never fails. But the things people believe in 2023, it is embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It is embarrassing. But God's word never fails. Hallelujah. See, if you'll stand with God's word, God's word will come to pass in your life. Can you see it? But we, we go with another opinion. We go with another idea. We go with another theory. We go with, you know, what Dr. Benjamin Spock wrote about child rearing, or we go with this, or we go with that. And we get disastrous results. But if we would just take God at his word, just do things God's way, we would get not just superior results, we'd get supernatural results. Lift both hands and say, thank you, Father God. I'm just as gloriously and marvelously and wondrously healed as I am gloriously and marvelously and wondrously saved. Thank you, Father God. I see it in your word. Jesus came, spirit, soul, and body to save me. Spirit, soul, and body. I thank you, Father God, for my twofold redemption. I'm just as gloriously and marvelously and wondrously healed as I am gloriously and marvelously and wondrously saved. Thank you, Father God. I am ready and I am willing to receive your nature in my life, your forgiving nature your healing nature in my life. I'm ready and I'm willing. I want everything you have for me. Thank you, Father God. You're wonderful. Thank you, Father God. You're beautiful. Thank you, Father God. You saved me by the work of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. I praise your holy, your blessed, and your honorable name. Hallelujah. 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 And I'm ready to receive it. All of it. Amen. All of his financial blessings, all of his physical blessings. Amen. I don't know that I need any emotional blessings, but I'm ready. Whatever he wants to unpack in my life. Amen. Praise God. Unpack it. Amen. I'm ready. Amen. 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 Because I want everything Jesus did for me. Let's bow our heads. You may be here this morning and you're, you've never personally and individually invited Jesus Christ to be the Lord and to be the Savior of your life. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. This is the greatest thing that could have ever happened to humanity. 
Jesus took upon himself our sins, our shortcomings, our failings, even wicked habits, everything we have that we have done that we know in our heart is contrary to the will of God. Jesus took it. He bore it. He carried it away. But to make that ours, we have to believe the word. We've got to believe the message and we've got to take action upon it. And we've got to confess it. The Bible says that if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, we'll be saved. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never done that, but I want to this morning. I, 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 don't, want to, I don't want to struggle through in my own strength. I want to give my life. I want to surrender my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior. I want Father God to forgive me of my sins. I want to be a part of what you've been talking about this morning. That's you this morning, wherever you are. Lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Yes. <laughs> Anyone else? You may be here this morning and you're away from God. You're not living for the Lord like you know you should. You're not living for the Lord like you once did. You know, our beautiful, wonderful, glorious Heavenly Father, He is full of grace. He's full of mercy. He's kind. He's gracious. As long as we have the breath of life in our lungs, we can turn and we can repent. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I need to, I need to recommit my life to God. I've been doing my own thing. And I, I'm starting to see some disastrous results. Pastor, I don't want to continue on this road. I want to turn and I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to make it right. See, because the word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want to recommit my life this morning, I want to be included in this prayer. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Amen. For the sake of those who raise their hands and those who may be watching online, let's pray this prayer out loud together. Father God, I give you my life in Jesus' name. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. I've lived for self and I've lived selfishly. But I turn my life around this morning, and I give you my life. I ask, Father God, that, that you would forgive me of my sins. I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord of all. I thank you for hearing me, not rejecting me. Thank you for receiving me unto yourself. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. If you're watching online, you prayed that prayer as a prayer of commitment or recommitment, you can contact us at fccarlington.com salvation. Let us know about your decision, and we'll send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. If you need a Bible, let us know. We have English and Spanish Bibles. Be happy to send you a Bible. God has blessed us and enabled us to be a blessing. Praise His holy name.